0: I want to bring you a message this morning, and I believe that God will speak to your heart. Whether you're going through a trial or what's going on, no matter what's going on in your life, I believe this message will speak to you if you'll listen. And I want to bring you a message entitled, How to Keep Tears from Blurring Your Vision. How to Keep Tears from Blurring Your Vision. Let's pray. Father... We're here this morning to praise you and to worship you, and I praise you, Lord. It seems like every time we meet anymore, the Spirit of God is just so real. That's worthy of praise. Lord, thank you. I already feel your presence in these smiling faces and uplifted spirits. And Father, feed us from your Word today. We need to hear from Jesus. We need to hear the Holy Spirit speak. And I pray you do that today in Jesus' name. Amen. As we live in a world that is filled with sorrow, God in his wisdom has given us tears. Thank God for tears. Tears are an expression of grief. When we're sorrowful, listen, if we didn't have tears, we'd bust. I mean, when we go through sorrow and and, and the trials of life, and we have that wonderful emotion of sadness and let the tears flow, our heart gets healed. Somebody say amen. amen. The world has not discovered that again. Tears often fill our eyes, but God has allowed that so we can, can uh, uh, pop off, our safety valve can release, and we can release some emotion and some pressure with tears. I need to reiterate this again. I said this a few weeks ago that Sadness is not depression. You can be sad and not be depressed. The world that we live in is depressed. Depression is defined as a person who has no hope. You can be sad, you can go to the graveside, you can experience the sorrows of life and still have hope, praise God. Listen, but sadness is part of life. Tears may flow, but hopelessness does not have to be there. Let me illustrate that with our Lord. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, was a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. You think Jesus was depressed? No, sir. The Bible, shortest verse in the Bible says, Jesus wept. But I don't think he was depressed. Amen. God help us to learn. The purpose of our tears is to mend our hearts. If the tears come, let them flow, mister. I don't care how tough you are, let them flow. God says by the sadness of the countenance, the heart is made better. Grieve. Go through that period of grief. Help yourself. It'll help you. God has created that as an emotional out for you to heal in your life. You won't need drugs if you'll cry. Amen. You won't need a psychiatrist if you'll just, just, let, just cry down. Talk to the Lord. Amen. Somebody say amen. Y'all get too quiet. Thank you. Countenance is made better by the sadness of the heart. Oftentimes we look through a ble- veil of tears and tears blur our vision, don't they? Don't let tears blur your vision. Sometimes tears make things look fuzzy, indistinct. Obscure the reality. But here's what God says. Let's read it in Isaiah 43, verse number 1. Isaiah 43, 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. Praise God. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers... They shall not, praise God, overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. These verses are primarily spoken to the nation of Israel, but listen, they may be primarily for them, but God has a purpose and has a principle for us as the people of God. Sometimes God lets us read the Old Testament and we get to open the Jewish mail, but the principle is there for us. I'm glad God will be with us. Jesus said, Hey, I'm with thee always, even unto the end of the world. So we are his people. It doesn't matter if you're God's people or not, you're going to cry. You're going to cry. And we are, he says, you're my people. I want you to see in three ways how we're his people. Verse number one, he says, you're mine because I created thee. Look at verse one. I, the Lord that created thee, you are his by creation. You, listen to me carefully, you exist for a purpose. And that purpose is not just to eat and drink and have children and live life and exist. Your purpose is to glorify God and live. Praise God. We have a purpose in life. Number two, we're his by creation. Number two, we're his by redemption. He says, I've created thee, verse one, but he says, for I have redeemed thee. To redeem is to buy back. Jesus Christ not only created us as Christians, but he redeemed us back by his precious blood. Word number three, we're his by election. He said in verse number one, look at that. I have called thee. So we're his by creation. We're his by redemption. We're his by election. Now, I use that word very carefully. Let me get a little deep right here, then we'll move on the word election. Some people believe that God is so sovereign that he just elects people. He selects them for heaven. He selects them for hell because he's sovereign. You got to watch those words, predestination, sovereign, and election. Watch those words. You'll get confused because God is sovereign, but we're going to see how the sovereignty of man or the sovereignty of God and the free will of men work in conjunction for just a second. The Bible says in First Peter chapter number 1, that we are elect according to the foreknowledge of God, for through sanctification of the Spirit and obedience to the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, I don't fully understand how God's sovereign grace works with man's free will choice, but I can kind of give it to you like this. The Bible says, whom he foreknow, them he also called. So what did Jesus... Here's the way I kind of understand that. And Volumes of books have been written on the sovereignty of God and the free will choice of man. Here's the way I understand that as God's child. Jesus said, I want you to be fishers of men. Now, when you go fishing, do you choose which fish you're going to fish for? No. So God, in his sovereign will... Goes fishing, but the fish makes a choice, doesn't he? And that kind of helps me to understand the sovereignty of God versus the free will of man. God makes a choice to go fishing, but the fish makes a choice to accept the bait. I'm glad one day I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. That's a blessing. So it was my choice. I could have walked away from God when I was under conviction. I I didn't have to get saved. God did not have a baseball bat over me. God did not arrest me. Amen. I hear a lot of preachers, oh, the Holy Spirit arrested me. No, he didn't. He convicted you and gave you a choice. So we're his children in three different ways. We're his children by creation. We're his children by redemption. We're his children by election. Now, let's get into the message. Even though we're his children, sometimes we wade through waters of sorrow. And the devil's going to jump upon you and say, you're not his child. If you were his child, he wouldn't let you go through this. God doesn't love you anymore. If God loved you, then you wouldn't be suffering this. You wouldn't be facing this, this hardship that's on you, these high waters, this fire you've got to pass through. God God doesn't love you anymore. And so we understand that we are his children, yet sometimes we do. I want you to see this. There's a surety of the path, number one. Write these down, five points, quickly. Number one, there is a surety of the path. Doesn't matter what path God's put you on. If you're His child, He will not forsake you. Notice Isaiah says here, He does not say, and this is very important, He does not say if you pass through the waters or if you pass through the fire. He says when. There is a surety of the pathway leading through the waters and through the fire. Number one, the surety of. Of the path. Job said this, as the sparks fly upward, man that is born of woman is few days and full of trouble. Just as it is a physical quality of the sparks to go upward instead of down, so you and I are going to have to face some things in life. But here the Bible God says that, that the waters may flow, but oh, but they won't overflow. Amen. Thank God. The tears may flow, but God said they won't overflow. Praise God. I'm glad the river won't overflow me. The other day I was mowing mom's yard, and it was one of them hot days, you know, when the robins was eating them worms. And I mowed her yard, and I was about, and when we as kids and we got real hot, there's no such thing as air conditioner. Y'all don't understand that. We didn't have air conditioner. Sometimes you'd open them old windows and and you wouldn't get no breeze. Man, we'd load in Dad's truck and we'd hit the river. And I told Mom, I'm 60, I'll be 61 years old pretty soon. And I told Mom, I said, load up in the truck, I'm going to hit the river. And man, we loaded up in the truck and I I just parked it beside about three miles of river and I down at Burton's Ford and I I just got, I didn't even change clothes, shoes or nothing. I busted that thing wide open. But I got over my head. And it took one step to be in that ford, how people used to ford the rivers in the shallows. And I took one step, man, I was over my head. (laughs) But you know what God is saying in these verses? I won't let that happen to you. The rivers may flow. You may have to go across the ford, but I'll be sure they don't get over your head. What a wonderful promise of God. You say, preacher, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't, but I know what God said. Preacher, you don't know what I've experienced. No, I don't, but I know what God said, and I believe the word of God. Thank God. There will surely be times that the pathway, I'm talking about the surety of the path, There'll surely be times when you pass through the water. There'll surely be times when you pass through the fire of trial. Peter cautions us in 1 Peter chapter number 4. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is about to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Don't you think it's strange when those waters come, the fire comes? He says, but rejoice in that you are partakers of Christ's suffering. Boy, it's not easy to rejoice when those times come. But Peter says, be sure you rejoice. Number one, there is the surety of the path. Number two, write this down. The severity of the path. Listen, the pathway in these verses is not an easy pathway. The pathway is a severe pathway. Listen, (laughs) it's not your human nature to go the hard way. You and I, or and you, can tell me what you want to, but I'm gonna choose the easy way out. Just like human nature's like a river, we're just gonna choose the path of least resistance. It's not human nature to go the hard way. We want to be. Uh, we don't. We want, listen. The fords are there. I think of Seven Mile Ford. The fords are there to go through the river, but modern man says that's not intelligent. We'll bridge them. And your forefathers used to go through the ford, and now we buzz across it at 70 miles an hour and never know it's there. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about sometimes God does not choose the bridge for us so we can go 70 miles an hour through life. Sometimes he chooses the ford. Humans won't do that. You say, preacher, we, we're smart, we're intelligent, and, and we got engineering that lets us just buzz across. Yeah, but God is wise, and he knows sometimes we need our feet to touch the water. Amen. Then there will be times when we go through the fire. God's ways are not our way. Sometimes, listen to me carefully, there's the severity of the path. Sometimes God chooses our path, and it's not the path we would have chosen. It's not the easy path. God knows that we need to be strengthened by the suffering. We need to be toughened by the trial. We need to be tempered by the test. And we need to be undergirded by what we're undergoing. Somebody say amen. Amen. And then sometimes water and fire comes in pairs. No sooner are you out of the fire than you're in the water. You ever heard the expression, when it rains, it pours? Now what happened this morning? When it rains, it pours. You ever heard the expression, out of the frying frying pan and into the fire? Sometimes these things come in conjunction or subsequent to each other. And it's like, Lord, give me a breather. I just come through the fire. And he says, no, it's time to go through the water. Wow. So there's the surety of the path. There's the severity of the path. But then there's the selection of the path. We've We've already said that you and I won't choose the hard way. That's human nature. It's animal nature, too. Uh, I've got an old steep farm in Russell County, and I've made roads all over it with a bulldozer. And I can tell you that the easiest way to make a road on a steep place is follow the animal paths. They already, they've already selected for you the easiest way up on that hill. They're not stupid enough to go straight up on it. They'll circle it and, and, and circumnavigate it and, and navigate it, and, and they'll choose the easiest path. Now, so you know what I figured out? I don't need an engineer. I don't need a Virginia Tech guy to tell me how to get up on that hill. I drop my dozer blade right in the middle of that deer path or that goat path, and I make a road, and it's the best way up there. Right. What are you saying, preacher? I'm telling you that our human nature, it is animal nature, human nature, to go the easiest way. But sometimes our, the selection of the path is not the easy path. And when we've, we've been given a hard path, you know what we usually do? We turn around and we say, okay, what went wrong? Something went wrong. Or what, well, did I make a wrong choice? Did I use the wrong thinking? Have I come to the wrong conclusion? Let me tell you something. Sometimes when your path goes through the river or through the fire, or when God chooses you to go go up the cliff instead of around the road, sometimes it is the will of God. You didn't do anything wrong. You were praying right. You were living right. You were walking right. You were walking with God. God just selected your path because he wants to teach you something. He wants to... Show you something you would not have normally seen. He wants you to experience something and, experience, and let you experience and strengthen you. I'm talking about don't let the tears blur your vision. So often we go through things and we just give up too quickly. We get teary-eyed and they just, we just don't know the way. Hey, God does things for an eternal purpose. He sure does. So there is a vision. This was not the path that you chose. This path was chosen for you. But God is not trying to wreck your life. He's trying to strengthen you and give you wisdom to walk with him. Somebody say amen. amen. So number one, there's the surety of the path. Number two, there's the severity of the path. Number three, there's the selection of the path. Sometimes our path is chosen from us, for us. And then finally, there's the fourth, there's the satisfaction of his presence. He said, verse number three, look down in that verse. For I am the Lord thy God. If you're in the river, he's still God. If you're in the fire, he's still God. God promises his presence. He says, I will not fail you. I will continue to support you. And let me tell you something that you don't, if you don't know it as a Christian, you need to figure it out. In times of trouble and pain and sorrow and suffering, he is especially close to us if we'll humble ourselves. If we fight his will, if we say, why, why, why me, we don't experience that. But if we'll humble ourselves under the hand of God, we can experience his presence greater than we've ever experienced it. He says, I am the Lord thy God. He's saying that because here's what he's saying. I don't care what happens to you. I'm still your God. What did he say in verse one? I've chosen you. I've redeemed you. I've elected you. You're mine by creation. You're mine by redemption. You're mine by election. Remember all those points? You are mine. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. God is saying, I am dedicated and I am loyal. You remember for the three Hebrew children in the fire? When they looked through the three Hebrew children in the fire and they looked in and Jesus was with them and he said, Lo, I see the fourth man and we know that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible says they came out, they threw them in bound, but they came out loosed. Do you realize that the only thing that burned off of the Hebrew children in the fire was what the world put on them? The only thing that burned off of them in the fire, God said, God didn't even let the smell of smoke get on their clothes, but he burnt the ropes off of them, praise God. And that's what God is doing at times with trials in our life. He's burning the world off of us, praise God. Somebody say amen. That's tough preaching, but it's true. God's not trying to wreck us, he's trying to build us. So there's the satisfaction of his presence. You know that you have matured spiritually when you come to the understanding. Don't miss this. The greatest thing in this world is the presence of God. Amen. If you have His presence and His spirit and His fullness and His joy, praise God, there's nothing better in this world Money does not compare to it. Success is no comparison. Hey, wealth and buildings and all the things that this world has to offer, they do not compare to the presence of the Lord. Amen. And he says, I'm going to be with you in that river and in that fire. I'm glad. Listen to me. The most valuable thing in my I value, some things, man, I do. I value my home. Y'all getting gone? am I putting you to sleep or something? I value my home. I value my wife. I value my family. Praise God. I value the freedom that we have in America. Man, there's nothing. But I'm going to tell you something. I value the presence of God more than anything in this world. There's nothing to even compare. God help us to value his presence. And if i got to walk through the river to have it and through the fire to have it, I'm going to tell you something, it's valuable to me. Amen. Amen, preacher. God's purpose will not be defeated, circumvented, or prevented because his presence is with us. We place value on things. And when we value them, we protect those investments, don't we? And God's got value in us too. And let me tell you something. If you're his child, he's going to protect his investment. Absolutely. Now, we've seen the surety of the path, the severity of the path, the selection of the path, the satisfaction of the path. There's a smile in the path. You say, preacher, can you smile when you're going through the hard times? There's a smile in one word in these verses. And I can't help but smile when I give it to you. It's the word through. It's the word through. Three times in in verse 2, his purpose was not to put us in the water. His purpose was not to put us in the fire. His purpose was to take us through. You know what the word through means? It's really deep. In one side and out the other. That's the definition. That's what you're looking at. Webster says that. In one side and out the other. God's purpose. Well, I may run on this. One. God's purpose is not to put us in there. It's to get us out of there. Praise God. God didn't use it when you're in the fire, when you're in the waters. He said when you're through the waters. Praise God. In one side and out the other. God did not focus on the end. Don't you focus on the end. Don't you feel like you're in this tunnel of despair. I'm in despair. I'm in depression. No, if you'll hang on with him, you'll go through it. Praise God. I love that word through. (laughs) Man, I tell you, we may have to go through death, but we know him who's got the victory over death. Praise God. We know we may have to suffer the grave, but we know him who's went through the grave for us and says, you're going through the grave because I am the resurrection. You shall live also. Praise God. Through. I like that word through. One day you say, Preacher, we're worried. we're worried about all these pandemics. Well, we're going through it. Might be in it, but we're going through it. Right. Preacher, we're worried now. Russia's become a rogue stake and, uh, state and we're worried about nuclear war. Well, we're going through it. Praise God. The Bible says that one day the earth is going to wobble and shake to and fro. Can you imagine as steady as the earth is going in its path now around the sun when it begins to wobble and the the ocean waves are going to be sloshed up like water in a mason jar? Can you imagine what this earth is going to begin to be burned up and to wobble and to be removed like a cottage? Hey, but i got news for you. The apocalypse is coming, but we're going through it. Praise God. Praise God. It's God's way. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Sometimes there's a selection of the path, but there's a smile in the path. And that smile is in the word through. <laughs> so don't let tears dim your vision. Don't let tears dim your vision. We're going through. We're, we're, not, we're not just in, we're going to be out. Right. Out the other side. There's a twofold, you say, preacher, in the human, it's human nature. It's human nature to say why. And, and God doesn't always tell us why. We're, we're not to ask why. We're to say what. Don't ask why, ask what. Don't say why did this happen. Say, Lord, what's the purpose and what do I need? What's, what's going on? I need, what do I need to do? Amen. It's not why, 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 why is that? But but I want to answer a why question. Why? Why do I have to go through the water sometimes? Why do tears dim my eyes sometimes? Why does life hurt me? I mean, man, we buried Papa just a couple of weeks ago. And, and, and I mean, I thought I could handle it pretty good. And I thought I'd prepared Mama. And I thought I'd prepared my wife. And... And, and and when when the hole was there and the casket was there, I walked over and laid my hand on the casket and I wept. Oh, the tears of grief overcome me even now. My goodness. Oh, sometimes we go through tears of grief. But listen, listen to me carefully. It's for God's glory. It's for God's glory. You say, how could God get glory out of death? How could God get glory out of suffering? How could God get glory out of the river and out of the fire? <laughs> Here you go. Simple illustration. Can you get glory without competition? Everybody, y'all are sports-minded. I mean, Jill Howe is sports-minded. So y'all going to understand this. If you've got a baseball team... And you practice that. We had a softball team here years ago. And you practice that softball team and you practice it and everybody knows where to go and everybody knows how to hit and everybody knows all the rules of the game. And you go out to the softball field and there's nobody there to play. And you throw up the ball and hit it to yourself and run the bases and make a home run. Is there anybody there to cheer? Y'all want to watch a game like that? But you bring in the other team, and they've got a good pitcher. And that center fielder, man, he can hit a home run if you ain't careful. You know what happens? You get people in the stands, and and, and they're watching this competition. And when your team hits that ball and somebody else pitched it, you get, you know what people will do? They'll do stupid things like raise their hands. Did you see that? There's, wait a minute, here's the point. There's glory in that, isn't there? There's glory in it. I've got into playing pickleball recently. If y'all don't know what pickleball is, I ain't got time to explain it to you. And I'm telling you, when I make one of them shots, pow, I go, oh! There's glory in it. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. If there was nobody over there to play, no opposition over there, there'd be no glory. So it is spiritually. If God doesn't allow a little opposition sometimes, and some competition sometimes, and some fire sometimes, and some trouble sometimes, there's no glory in it. So God help us to realize that when these things come in our life, There's glory in it, but we're not to glory in ourselves. We're to give Him glory. It's too easy when we hit a home run to glory in ourselves. It's too easy when we spike the ball to glory in ourselves. May God help us to give Him glory in the trial. There's glory in it. (laughs) You know, Lazarus was sick. And Jesus comes up. And he says, this sickness is not unto death. It's for the glory of God. Sickness? Wait a minute, Lord. Did you say that? Did that come out of your lips, Jesus? This sickness was for the glory of God. Now, if the charismatic preacher walked up there, he'd say, I'll tell you what happened here with Lazarus. Y'all didn't have enough faith. Wrong. Amen. Somebody say amen. Amen. If the Baptist walked up there with all his doctrine and said, I'll tell you what's going wrong here, Lazarus sinned. Jesus walked up there and he said, this is for the glory of God. Praise God. I'm glad when men are wrong, he's still right. Glory to God. So God gets glory. Amen. Jesus said it was for the glory of God. Number two, and I close. Not only does God get glory, but Satan gets goaded. Goaded. Yeah, G-O-A-D-E-D. Write that down. Praise God. You see, when Satan came before God, the Bible says he was given access to God. And he brings up a man's name out of all the millions of people on earth. He brings up one man's name. And he says, God, I want you to think about something. There's a guy down there named Job. And uh, you know what? He's got a lot of money. But you gave it to him. Job's got a lot of wealth and you gave it to him. And Job's family has a hedge built about him and you gave it to him. And Job's business is great. And you gave it to him. Huh? (laughs) He said, you've bought him off. That's basically what the devil was saying to God. You've bought him off. You've bribed him. And he's serving you because you've blessed him. And he's serving you because you've bribed him. And he's serving you because you've given him all these things and protected him in. And God said, no, I really think Job loves me. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you take all those things. And we're, we're going we're to let him go through the trial. We're going to see what's in his heart. We're not going to argue about it in heaven. We're going to test it on earth whew, that'd give you a heat wave right there. Amen. We're going to test it on earth. And God allowed the devil to take everything Job had. And he argued and he got mad and Job asked why and Job had all the human emotions. Used. But in the end, he said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Amen. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And Job said, there's something in that statement that that really makes the message hit home. Job was saying, I value his presence more than these things. I value his relationship with me more than these things. You know what Job did? Pow! Grand slam. Spiritual grand slam. Can I tell you something as I close the message? When my dad died, I was 15 years old. And my dad had a pretty good job on the railroad. And we didn't, you know, I told you that last week, man, we had cable TV with two channels. And we had an occasional Coke in the refrigerator. But I'll tell you something I noticed when my dad passed away. I missed him more than I missed the things that he provided And that's the way our relationship with God ought to be. We value Him more than we value the things that He provides. Amen. <laughs> Sometimes people look at the preacher. I'm talking about Satan getting goaded. Right in the air. praise God. Sometimes people look at the preacher and say, He's just doing that for money. That woman just goes to church to show off her clothes. And the devil says, strip them of those things and see if they still serve you. They'll deny you. They'll curse you. And God says, okay, put them in the river. Put them in the fire. But I'm not going to forsake them when you do. And I'm not going to let the waters overflow them. and I'm not going to let the fire burn them. But there's a surety of the path. There's a severity of the path. And here... There's the security of the path and the smile in the path. And praise God, there's his presence in the path. So here's what I want to close with. It's the Christian in the fire facing the competition that gives the most glory to God. And we don't want it. It's not the path we choose but God wants to prove, and you'll like this point on this rainy morning. God wants to prove that you're not just a sunshine Christian. Amen. Hey, if you're watching on Facebook, I'm gonna get on your toes. Because you laid home because it's raining this morning. I'm looking dead at the camera. I ain't looking at these people. They got out in the rain and they came to church. You know what you did? You laid at home said, I'll just watch it on Facebook. <laughs> God does not want just a sunshine Christian. He wants somebody who will be faithful in the rain and faithful in the flood and faithful in the fire. Somebody say amen so the preacher will shut up. Amen. Blurry eyes and tears don't need to give you blurry vision. Would you help me out this morning? If this message was a help to you, would you just slip up? You slip up your hand right in front of you. Amen. God bless you. Bless you. hands all over the house. Thank you. Thank you. I, I I felt like it was just God's way of speaking to us this morning. I'm glad it was a help to you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar we're going to get out here before it starts raining again. I love you and I appreciate you. You've been so kind this morning. Is that in the red book? Let's sing it. Look this way. What number is that, babe? 364. 364. By the way, if you're visiting with us, that's my wife. I can call her babe if I want to. I've, had, I've done things like that and people look like He's talking to the piano player like, yeah, she's. we've been married 37 years. 364, God leads us along at the bottom of the page. Let me turn my microphone off so I don't scream at you. It's already off. What happened to me, guys?
1: All right, here we go. In shady green pastures, so rich and so sweet, God leads His dear children along, where the waters cool, flow, bathe the weary ones' feet. God leads His dear children along. Sing it out now. Here we go. Some through the waters, some through blood, some through the fire but oh can I get a witness all through the blood praise God some through great sorrow but God gives a song in the night season
0: and all the day long that's helping means it helping you let's sing the second verse here we go Sometimes
1: on the mount where the sun shines so bright, God leads His dear children along. Sometimes in the valley, the darkest of night, God leads His dear children alone. Some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God.
0: going to sing the third and quit. Here we go. Those sorrows befall us. Here we go. Those sorrows
1: befall us and Satan oppose. God leads his dear children along. Through grace we can conquer, defeat all our foes. God, Christ, God. Sing it out, here we go. Some through the fire, but all through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood, some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long.
0: Amen. God bless you. Brother Brian, would you come and dismiss us? And work? Don't forget our meeting now, deacons. <coughs> over here. Yeah, so if you didn't hear that, deacons and uh, those working Bible school, meet right over here in the Sunday school room. So let's go to the Lord and just say, thank you, Lord, for Showing up in our service today Let's pray Dear Heavenly Father, Lord We just thank you for just blessing our service today, Lord Just settling in on this place in a very special way, Lord Lord, we just thank you for your power, Lord We thank you for your presence, Lord And we thank you for your desire Just to meet us right where we're at, Lord And Lord, no doubt many of us are going through a trial, a situation Whatever the case may be, Lord But you promise through your word That you desire to see us through it, Lord Lord, I just pray you'd meet each of us At that special point of need that we have in our life, Lord And just allow us to be reminded that it is your desire to bring us through so that you may get the glory for all things, Lord. Now as we leave this place, Lord, may we just truly put a smile on our face and say it's been good to be in your house today. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.